and think it got the flow. He legit had Snowtown. He legit, instead of Motown, he made Snowtown. <laughs> Just developing white boys in, in Florida. Viewer discretion is advised. Your fave will be criticized. That's Jan. That's Chris. And welcome to CCTV, the nonstop pop show. And today we're heading to Pop 101 class and learning about the legendary boy group, NC. Oh no. Okay, looking for an awesome global pop music podcast? Well, Shan and I have the inside scoop with extensive experience performing on stage and working at record labels. We review and deep dive into your favorite artists' songs and careers, analyzing all the creative and business decisions along the way. So you can join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash cctvpops and become a part of our amazing crew, which includes Lily, Lisette, Emily, and Juliet. Subscribe now and let's explore the world of pop music together. Yeah, that's right. Okay, no, so no, I'm no. totally in it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm totally in the 90s back right now, if you guys could not tell, because we're talking about NSYNC. I'm super excited. Chris is just giving me laughs and thin looks. It's great. I love it. Um, but yes, we're here to talk about NSYNC. And if you're new here, Pop 101 is where we go and deep dive about all the good stuff about your favorite groups, our favorite groups. We talk about the business side, the music side, and, you know, all that good stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about them today. It's been mm -hmm. fun researching, you know, for this. I've had so much fun researching, and I'm pretty sure my obsession has only grown, maybe. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> they were so good. I'm really excited to talk about everything. Because okay. definitely am a huge fan, but my sister was really the big, big fan in uh -huh. my household. And so I remember her going to the mall to meet them. And I remember hearing, I remember, I think I was there at the mall performance too for that first album. And she went to see some of the tours and stuff. But like, I was really young and like, I didn't Lucky. fully appreciate it, you know, until a bit later on, kind of towards more of the end of their career. Uh, but yeah, as I've gotten older though, I constantly go back to them. Um, yeah, and it's easy to do so. Yeah, Their music <laughs> is great. They were so good. Yeah. Definitely one of the best boy bands of all time. Hands down. Yeah, they're super solid, super solid. I mean, you have a little bit more experience in terms of like the UK groups, the the US groups. So you saying that actually, it means a lot, y'all. It means a lot. Me, I was like, battery instinct, battery instinct. And as I've gotten older, I'm like, oh, that wasn't one of those two groups. Okay. You know, mm -hmm. do the research. Oh, that's O-Town. Oh, that's Westlife. Oh, that's five. Uh, so it's been kind of fun kind of going, you know, back into their discography and such. I will say that I liked them as a kid, I think question mark exclamation i don't know um but because i was like a single digit age when they were like really yeah, popping so yeah. i was just like okay um i only knew singles and that justin was mr spears for a little while so i was just kind of like okay cute curly hair i was like oh my god he's so cute <laughs> um i think what really was locked it in was during lockdown we were watching their no strings concert and I saw JC pop that butt, and I was like, no one pops it like JC Shanze. Ever since then, I was like, hang on, I think I need to like re rework my interest because then I heard like all the harmonies, and you were like, yeah, that's Lance. I'm like, wait, I didn't realize Lance was actually singing because we we no offense to a lot of groups now, but we kind of got used to people not actually singing, and they were. So hey, I'm happy that they're you know they have so much footage of whatnot on YouTube so we can actually watch this. Mm -hmm. And I'm super happy as like a group they haven't like slowly their legacy with like a mid-album just because. So it's nice to be able to listen to everything and be like, damn, that was good. Yes, so I'm really excited because we're going to talk about their whole career starting from the very beginning yeah. back in the 90s. So <laughs> let's do this. Class is in session. 
1995, NSYNC began with an unlikely first member, Chris Kirkpatrick, who crossed paths with Lou Pearlman, I'm going to call him Who Pearlman for the rest of the episode, the founder of Backstreet Boys and CEO of Transcontinental Records. And Chris, who was friends with Howie from <laughs> Backstreet Boys, was sad that he didn't get to be in that group. And Pooh Pearlman was financially up for backing another boy group. So Chris began to find other members. He went on the hunt to find other young vocalists to form this group. And he reached out to 19 different talent agents. And one responded and gave Chris a manila envelope containing a cassette tape for a young, talented teenager named Justin Timberlake. Once Chris and Justin connected, Justin recommended his friend and former castmate from the Mickey Mouse Club, J.C. Chazé, for the group. And the three served as core members, later recruiting Joey Fatone, Chris's old colleague from when they worked at Universal, and also J.C.'s mutual friend. And Lance Bass was the final member to join the group after original recruit Jason Galasso dropped out of the group due to creative differences. Lance was suggested by his vocal coach, who also worked with Justin. And just to note, Jason actually has done interviews and stuff yeah. since then. And he said he just like did not get along with the other four at all. So <laughs> it didn't work out for him, but he did leave his mark on the group's legacy because the band's name, In Sync, which Justin's mom had actually come up with, is spelled using the last initial of each member's first name. And so one of the N's is for Jason, and there is no E for Lance. So Jason's name will forever be immortalized as part of the NSYNC name, even yes. though he is not on any of the songs. You know, I heard that they started, like, nicknaming Lance Lanson just to make the yes. N work. Oh, it's like, I come on. That. Like, yes. come on. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Love that for them. Oh, God. Got to stretch it where you can. <laughs> yeah. Look, we're not changing the name, dude. We have to explain you. Like, it's yeah. just so <laughs> Oh, man. Yes, I do love their origin story because it has so many layers to it. Like all these little interconnections between all the members is nice to oh, yeah. see. Like it wasn't just a bunch of blind auditions, which was oh, kind yeah. of nice. It was relatively organic. Right. Uh -huh. um, and of course, you do have Pooh Perlman. I'll, I'll try to also remember to call him Pooh Perlman from now on as well. But the L might slip in there. But, you know, he he had already seen some success with the Bashy Boys and he was already understanding that there was room for more in this mm -hmm. market. And so at the end of the day, he was a smart businessman. You know, yeah. he did make some stupid decisions eventually or, you know, later on. But it's fine. You know, we have him to thank for putting these boy groups together <laughs> at least. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think it's really great that they kind of had a lot of time before they actually released anything mm -hmm. because the bond was really yeah. solidified. Yeah. And even to this day, that bond is still there. So that chemistry kind yeah. of being formed so early on is really awesome. Yeah, I think all that time together definitely helps you kind of sieve and sift through a lot of like who wants to be here, who doesn't, <laughs> um, and develop relationships. Because if you're sitting there working with people and suddenly you're on tour with them and you've only known each other for like however long it took you to develop the album, and you're like, oh, wow, I really hate this person. You're stuck with them, <laughs> you know? So the, <laughs> no offense if they hate's a strong word. But we've, we've seen it. We've both been in groups in, of some sorts. We've mm -hmm. been like, wow, this is just not going to work. Um, but yeah, you know, watching old footage of them has been such a treat, right? Like, thank goodness to all the fans who have been collecting and finding and uploading uh, because it's been such a treat to be able to retroactively get to know these guys, you know, because we can kind of figure it out with some, like, in like in sync concert footage. But it's nice to see, like, their actual footage from, like, 
at, at the compounds and stuff like that. You can get to understand their dynamic a lot more and it makes them feel less factory made as, a, as opposed to like just a diamond in the rough being developed. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think as a group, even with all their, their experiences coming together, like a doo-wop group, come on. Like you, that all, he's already built to be singing in the harmony. He knows what it likes to be in a group. JC, mm-hmm. uh, JT in the whole Mickey Mouse club, like they understand that they were singing R&B songs. So they, everyone was yeah. ready for it, but just needed opportunities. And this was that. So kudos to them for like getting that opportunity, especially in Florida of all places. I know. <laughs> A it lot like, of groups have now come from Florida, which is it very was Hollywood interesting. Back then, it was like Hollywood back yeah. then, you know. Uh-uh. Sure. All right, so from there, Mr. Pooh Perlman set the Five Boys up in a house in Orlando, Florida, where they trained and tightened up their sound and dance moves, working their way up to their first public performance at Pleasure Island in October 1995. Yes, and Perlman kept the project with the boys under wraps, referring them as B Five on official documents and expense reports. He believed that the Backstreet Boys, who he was also managing, would be upset if they caught wind that he was essentially developing the Pepsi to their Coke. Hmm. (laughs) And wanting to duplicate Backstreet Boys' successful formula, Pooh hired Backstreet Boys manager Johnny Wright to help manage NSYNC as well. And Johnny's awesome. Like, I don't know how much research or how well known his name is nowadays but he has managed the greats like with the boy groups there's also new kids that he was involved with um he worked with janet for a little bit like he is an amazing manager and i also listened to a lot of interviews with him and he really knows what he's doing so uh they were very lucky to have him for sure And in order to set the groups apart, NSYNC were given the boys next door image dancing and singing with jerseys and clothing <laughs> inspired by hip hop. <laughs> well, the actually boys were styled in more darker, mature fashions like the long matrix jackets, <laughs> focusing a tad bit more on vocal performance. And I have to say that's very true. I kind of noticed that. I was like, what's the difference? Someone was asking me. And mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, some of them got these moves like they getting ready to, you know, do like a, a Lakers game. And yeah. some of them sort of sing like boys to men. So, yeah, did you notice that? Like, when definitely. You were... I mean, it's Ugh. interesting. Obviously, we what you've just been saying, we've gone down the YouTube hole, right? So, yeah. NSYNC did also do a lot of acapella stuff, and they were yeah. also influenced by kind of the boys to men esque idea. Yeah. But they were much more talented dancers as a whole. I think Lance is the only one who's not like a proper dancer. Right, 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 totally. Yes, and and so even from the very beginning, their dancing was on a whole other level than the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And even if you compare the first videos between the two groups, like, uh-huh. and we'll get to "I Want You Back" shortly, but like, yes. NSYNC looked very young at the beginning. Like, even though Backstreet Boys had a few members no. that were also very, were very tiny. young, they were styled at least yeah. a little more maturely. But yeah, yeah NSYNC, yeah, they yeah. they look young. Yeah. They were like babies almost. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, was it Chris was Chris is the eldest and he was like 24, 23 at the time, 25. He was in that mid 20s range. Yeah. Like, that's, a, that's prime age to be sitting there singing, dancing, kicking, and you know, so it's, it's impressive. <clears throat> and like them having set positions in the group as who you are, what you're singing, what you're looking like. It's, in, it's, it's again, it's one of those things that you see in K pop now. And I'm probably going to refer to K pop quite a lot in this episode shamelessly. So um but yeah it's it's one of those things where it's like jt's a cute baby uh jc justin timberlake is the cute baby jc was like the serious one who loves music 
Chris is like the crazy one. Joey Fatone was the flirtatious Italian guy. And then you had Lance, the Southern gentleman, you know? So you all had a personality and made it feel like, oh my gosh, little boyfriends in each one of them. It just, it mm-hmm. helps to kind of have the fans pick their favorite or like at least have someone to latch onto so that they are interested in the group. And it's good to have that. And I can totally see why they kind of had Justin as the center, like as the, like the main mm-hmm. kind of like, oh yeah, look at this kid, he's adorable. He was so cute. The curly hair with the platinum blonde and the blue eyes. And you have JC who's like, you know, like the, he looked like a complete jock from like those 90s sitcoms that you had a crush on. Like they were all very much like Boy Next Door for sure. And Mm -hmm. um, just vocally speaking, they were solid too at that age. Yeah. Well, even before we get to the vocals, it's interesting you mentioned kind of these characters, these quote unquote characters that you mentioned because from listening to further interviews, that was actually brought on a few years later. So that oh. was actually inspired by the Spice Girls. So because of the Spice Girls getting so big and having their characters, every group around at the time also were forced to have their own characters. So actually, I think it was an interview with Chris where he actually he said he hated being known as a crazy... Like he hated that they had these characters because it felt fake. Um, so it's interesting though, because I totally see it from your angle where it makes sense as a marketing tactic. For sure. Ah, I mean, um, I saw so, that though. Like, I legit yeah. saw that before the. Sorry, yeah, but it wasn't so I know. defined. Yeah. Right, right. That's crazy. Wow. Okay, yeah. that makes sense though. But I just, I'm just saying, like, I saw that kind of like their personalities just kind of in the videos. You would watch them, you're just like, okay, there's that personality there. Like, that's the one that's the. I mean, no offense to Chris, but, you know, his hair was like in this little bob and the, you know, the headband and the. He's just quirky, mm-hmm. you know? You gotta stay yeah, out yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess vocally it is interesting. We just mentioned, like, you know, Backstreet Boys also had kind of the same influences. Yeah. Um, so even the first kind of round of demos and stuff that they were doing, they were singing Backstreet Boys rejects. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were, you know, working with a lot of the same people that were working on the Backstreet Boys. So it's very interesting that that rivalry and comparison was kind of built in right from the yeah. start. And obviously yeah. that will grow into its own beast as well. Uh, but vocally, yeah, we should talk about the roles themselves. So you mentioned like- Justin and JC. So they're the tenors and they took on the lead vocals. Uh-huh. Then we had Chris, who's the counter tenor, Joey as the baritone and Lance as the bass. So the blend was really perfect. Um, I think especially at the beginning, if you watch kind of their first few club performances and stuff from like 96-ish, 97, Joey and Chris did have a lot more moments to shine, actually. Yeah. Like, even though Justin and JC did take most of the leads, you know, during the show, they had little bits. And, like, Chris has a really cool voice. There are not many yeah. counter tenors. No. Right. Not so at all. he yeah. was able to yeah. handle really cool things. And, and it's sad. And I, well, I feel like near the beginning, they kind of knew where to use it. Oh, yeah. And, totally. And, and yeah. At, it kind of faded by the end, but yeah, well, I, I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But then Joey, he has a really cool tone, actually. Yes, uh... Like it's a little richer. Um, and also from doing kind of a lot more of the harmony analyzing and stuff, he actually has some of the most difficult harmonies in the group. Yeah. He has some really odd kind of yeah. changes in there. Like sometimes he'll be singing the bass part. Sometimes he'll be up there singing with JC and Chris up in the highs. He kind of just fills in where the spaces are and so his job was really really hard and i feel like he never gets the credit that he deserves so 
yeah. taking this time to do a shout out before he even gets to the first song they released. But he oh, was amazing. I know. <laughs> it's it's kind of hard to like to talk in like order because like we've watched so much and mm-hmm. oh, God, I mean, you can kind of hear it here and there, like when they're like their first kind of performances, they would give like Joey and Chris moments, like you said. Yeah. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna get to it later. But there are moments where they actually saying lead on like performances yes. or like or even at like their Disney performance we're gonna talk about later. Joey's sitting here and he's like, nah, kind of notes. And I'm like, where is that coming from? So they had it. And then Lance, uh, because he's a bass, he only had like those little really cool talking bits, like a sub vocal that you hear in K-pop. And oh um, man, it's tough. But I will say I do appreciate that they would let him speak. So even though he would introduce songs or et cetera, as we go further, we're gonna talk about a little bit more, but they let him speak instead of just be like, oh, yeah, that's the... Yeah, that's the and, and they there. always said that he was pivotal, right? Yeah. Like, the thing I think that's maybe he, different from Lana. the Backstreet Boys a little bit is they did do a good job. Mm-hmm. I think even though it was very clear that Justin and JC were kind of, you know, the mains and they were the quote-unquote stars, Yeah. yeah. what they never diminished was how important the other three were at least vocally on stage yeah like on stage they pulled their weight absolutely oh my god i remember gonna get to it later but it's a concert (laughs) lance's mic is so high (laughs) but you know i mean i think what that's what set them apart as well like lance is a solid bass chris there is no group in america at that point that had someone who could literally sing my notes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. So like, and then Joey, like you said, he was that sweet spot where even like now, if you look at footage of them singing, just them two together, Chris and Joey, they can hold it down because Joey kind of was like, hey, I can take whoever's notes you need me to take, honey. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to that in a minute. But again, going back to Pooh Pearlman, well, I'll explain why I call him Pooh Pearlman in a minute. But he legit had Snowtown. He legit, instead of Motown, he made Snowtown. Just developing <laughs> white boys in, in, in Florida. <laughs> it was amazing. This man had made, he made Snowtown, right? And I'm really impressed because because it's, because you have Motown, you have Snowtown, <laughs> and then you have SM Town now, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's amazing. You cannot deny the fact that he really knew what the heck he was doing. And I'm really impressed. Absolutely. Um, and putting them through the, the kind of like that, not the gauntlet, but train them in Florida and then eventually doing what they did with the BSB and putting them in Europe. Mm-hmm. Yes. So much like Backstreet Boys, NSYNC's journey did begin in Europe. So NSYNC had attempted to get an American record deal, but they were having issues finding any interest. So they ended up signing with Areola Records in Germany, and they were sent to Stockholm to work on their debut album with producers including Max Martin, Dennis Pop, and Andreas Carlson. Yes. Though, like the Backstreet Boys, the members of NSYNC were inspired by Boys to Men and their more soulful sounds. The initial recordings were more Eurodance and techno-focused, but with more of the American R&B vocal stylings. And NSYNC released their debut single, I Want You Back, in Germany in October 1996, going straight to the top 10. In addition to its success in Germany, the single also hit the charts across different parts of Europe. The group was quickly gaining traction while honing their skills and performing wherever they could in Germany, Switzerland, and other neighboring countries. But at home in America, no one had heard of them just yet. Okay, 
Can I just say, before we get to the song, the choreography was wild. Mm. It was absolutely wild. I can only <laughs> imagine what life was like for them when they learned the choreo. Can you imagine Lance not ever dancing, having to do a whole basket, like, flip for some, come on. <laughs> I would be like, I want to go home. I'd be like, mom, call, I want to come home, mama. I want to mm. come home. I can just imagine these little hick boys, like, this is not what I, this is what I signed up for, but this is not what I was expecting to do. Why am I flipping, right? Um, but yeah, them singing the whole time, doing this very athletic choreo is super impressive. Um, and because it's hip hop based, it's even harder. Like hip hop in the nineties was just so jerky and Full out. all mm -hmm. the time. Yeah. And like, even now I'm just like, oh God, when I choreograph like anything now, I'm always just like, if I do this too much, am I gonna tire my dancers out? Because we've gotten so used to dancing very much like within like a frame of our body or like in like a small square, mm -hmm. even with TikTok dancing, they're not that big. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is why the bar is super high though for me with K-pop. These guys were flipping, jumping, kicking, what <laughs> all this other crap, running left and right, and still singing and carrying their notes and hitting harmonies. Like, yes, like yeah. literally JC was one of the flippers and he still came to hit his notes. <laughs> like, come on. And I love little parts of the choreography. Like there's a little pony dance in the, the first verse. I love that little pony dance. And then the, um, the leg flapping. All I ever flap, 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 flap. Yes. You're all I, and then the arms. <laughs> yeah, the flaily arms while jumping is my favorite part. Yeah, I don't know what that was. I don't know what that was. I mean, like, ugh, everything about this is really what K-pop now is doing. Like, we, we know the pointing for, you know, I want you back. We know that, you know, the, the <laughs> random dancing, the, the sometimes random videos that we get. But it's interesting to see, like, visually speaking, what was happening in Europe what the guys are having to wear and do and things like that. So, mm -hmm. you know, kudos to them for uh, trying to promote this American group in this European market, but then still making it sound kind of American. So kudos to like, I mean, the Swedes are amazing and- was, Yeah, man, shout like, out to Dennis Potman. Oh, like, yeah, rest in peace. Ugh. Rest in peace because he has brought so much joy to my life. You know, like it's not just the music he directly created. That's valid. Everyone that learned from him and Never. then those that learned from his students that are continually still making music today. Yeah. They have made my favorite songs. Yeah. Yeah. Hands down. And it's yeah, amazing. Legend. It's, it's it's insane. Absolutely. And it's crazy. Everything about the song is is amazing. Like it is absolutely perfection. <laughs> yes. Like and it. One thing that's interesting, if you listen to a lot of his catalog from there, like mm. his use of different instruments was just Ooh. so smart. Yes. Like, especially like even with this, the down, 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 down. Yeah. Like that's, that feels so simple. Yeah. But there's something just even catchy just about that. Yep. Yeah. And they never even sing that melody. No. No. Right? Yeah. Like it's almost, it's almost the same as like Britney's, like one more yep. time. Down, yep. down, down. Right, yep. like it's iconic. It's like that was like like three notes. So the yeah. know, like it's insane. <laughs> yeah, right. The original video is amazing to me. <laughs> I I didn't see it right because for many years, like we only had the American version, which we'll talk about because they don't release it for a couple years. But the uh -huh. graphics are so funny. Like the yeah. mid '90s to late '90s attempt at like space futurism. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's just amazing. And like they're wearing these like super tight. Yes, with like, the, oh my God. They, yes. I was like, what are they doing? Like, it was just absolutely hilarious. The graphics are, are awful, especially with that random girl that like Dissolves. teleports in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh 
oh man it's so entertaining but of course it, it really is the choreography right that kind of brings it all together mm-hmm. for sure and cool. the other part that always makes me laugh and they do it kind of for every performance yeah. is they end the song facing back like back. you back and they turn back and it's so dramatic and hilarious and it's like well that was creative <laughs> yes oh my god you know this choreography is so fun like, there's a line dance in the, toward the end they go into a line yes yeah, and they're see. all like under in level yeah i love that yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, the american video is actually pretty good though i will say we'll get to it. we'll get to it yeah <laughs> we'll get to we're it. not there yet they weren't allowed to release anything there yet Crazy. Um, also <laughs> in the performances shout out to yeah. joey's little extra bridge that he did yeah. that should have yes. been in the recording because it's fun yeah oh, no he did what he could realized. at least he got little center for that dance break <laughs> you're so right <laughs> oh god that was cackling any little doodle another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know, so to keep the momentum going, the group quickly released another single in Germany, Tearing Up My Heart. Originally written for the Backstreet Boys, Tearing Up My Heart did well across the charts in Germany and Austria. Yes, I'm not going to Look at why. We're going mm-hmm. <laughs> to. You know, this song is a good example of how, like, sub vocals and K pop, sh- like, what they should be doing. Um, like, just listening to it and the harmonies, like, Chris held it the F down. Yeah. He held it there. I'm not sure if they were like, oh, this is a good idea. We have a we have somebody who can hit the higher harmonies. That's not Justin. This is great. I'm not sure if they were thinking like that or if he was like, I got an idea. I don't know how that came to be, but the fact that they thought, we need harmonies, let's do it. I mean, um, I want you back has those uh, kind of harmonies. Those are really cute. I really do appreciate that. But this one is like, you could hear it, you know. And then Chris, every time they performed it, was like right next to whoever was singing lead. So like the 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 motions, the choreography, everything around this song was just really just perfect boy group. Sub vocals coming in, all three <laughs> of the other members, other members, but all three of the members that usually sing the backgrounds came through. And I was just like, oh my gosh. Um, yeah, this this is more crazy choreography from them as well. Um, <laughs> and I love the um, head shake for the without you. Yes. <laughs> like, like iconic boy group choreography. Just, oh, one of those things that made me kind of think like, how in the world did they not like hit number X, Y, and Z yet? I mean, we're not in America yet, but just like, one of those things where you kind of look back and you're like, how do people not know this is them? How do people only know this is bye, 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 or like, it's gonna be me? Like, how is this song not something that you already know yet? Um, yeah. But it's, it's a really good, it's a really good song. And I can also hear a little bit of Backstreet Boys with this one, totally. Yeah, definitely. Totally. Backstreet mm-hmm. Boys vocally are just, they're great. I, I give it to them. But these guys can also handle the song and then give you sitting there all this choreography and jerking it. <laughs> so kudos to them. Do them for sure. <laughs> oh man, yeah, this is one of my favorite boy band songs ever. Yeah. I think it's yeah. again perfect. I think yes. there's something about 
boy groups and drama that just like always works because there's yes. something so <laughs> dramatic and desperate about these lyrics and it just oh my God, works yeah, yeah. <laughs> girls love to works. hear that cute boy saying i want you why can't we be together and bopping yeah. their heads and breaking their necks like come on <laughs> yes but literally every single part of this song is so catchy like yeah. from the second it starts yeah. And yeah, you call that the harmonies are ready. The production mm-hmm. is great. Like, there's a really heavy bass. I love the fake uh-huh. rock drums that, you know, Dennis Pop and Max Martin, they all love that, right? Yes. And then especially when it all drops back for that bridge and you get those little, like, Yo, fake no. strings. Yes. Just perfection. Absolutely. Perfection. Um, also, when they sing it live, I always love those little extra things that they did, like the... Um, Come on, uh, like all yes. those like extra things that they added in between. Like now I've watched so many performances this past week. It. It's like now part of it when I sing, when I listen to the song, like I hear that part too. Oh man. <laughs> but also we should talk about the video too, because the video oh is God. also very entertaining. It's very oh simple, right? Yes. But yes. very effective. Like them yeah. all doing the absolute most <laughs> the <whole> entire <laughs> time. It's just amazing. And the best part is the pose yes. at the end. Oh, oh my god! Yes, that is so bad. Like boy group, like on a poster. Like yes, it's so good. Oh yes. my god! And they're and they're they're holding it for like five seconds at the end of that day. Yes, someone said, "Hold it, hold it, hold it!" Like as the wind is going too. Oh yes. man! Oh, it's just perfect. You know, it's. I mean, if you were someone who were list- was listening to like um, new kids, there mm-hmm. was no way you're gonna look at this. Like I'm, I'm not gonna. This was giving news kids the fact, you know, like right stuff, yes. you know, um, step by step. Like this is what that was giving. So if you like them, you're definitely gonna like these kids. Like they were so, they were cute, they were adorable, and they sang like this. Justin it sounded Bell- good, man. Like it's kind of crazy uh, how good the vocals were from the right. very beginning. That's the thing, and yep. there's so much emotion too. Yeah, absolutely. Like absolutely. Justin and JC have always been so good at that. Like yes. it, it, and it can get really subtle as well. Like it's not overly dramatic. Like they do yes. a really, really good job with that. So yeah, yeah. Oh man. Well, only a few months later, the group released another single, "Here We Go," along yeah. with their debut album, the self-titled "In Sync" in parts of Europe. single and the album were successful with the album hitting number one in Germany and charting successfully across Germany, Switzerland, Austria, and Eastern Europe. Their success was growing quickly across the region and the music industry was starting to notice. But first, let's discuss the first version of the debut album. Mm-hmm. All right. Here we go. One more time. Everybody <laughs> feeling bad. Oh man. So Lance has said in recent years that he finds Here We Go super embarrassing. Because he hates the way that they call themselves out, you know? No, I like it. sync is here. Oh my god, that's my favorite part. Come on, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> but it's so catchy. It's so fun. Yeah. It's so of its time. Yeah. And that makes it so brilliant. Like, I, I understand why they'd be embarrassed of it. Like, maybe, you know, when they were, like, in their mid-20s, you know, it's like they're going to include this on their set list anymore. But it's so much fun. And, again, the choreo somehow got crazier, too. There's knee spins and other floor moments. 
Um, and just some interesting choices, like when they all raise the roof and go in a circle around each other. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) So fantastic. Yes. Uh, And again, sounded Mm. amazing in all the performances I could find. Like I could also not find anything where they actually sounded bad. All that Florida training, all that European and those teeny tiny clubs, you're sitting there dancing on the, on the bar or wherever. (laughs) It paid off. (laughs) It absolutely paid off. And even though he may have been embarrassed, this song is so fun to me. Like, <laughs> it's it's aged a lot better than Howie's Ponytail, okay? All right? <laughs> and a lot better than We've Got It Going Not Fun Yeah, That's valid. That's valid. <laughs> also, cute. I do have to say, though, this makes yeah. me miss this, the days of when Pop was just silly, too. Yeah, Like, the song is about nothing. It's fun. It's yeah, absolutely it fun. I mean, exactly. I think I think Wham even has a song like this. Like their first like single was like you know talking about young guys. Oh yeah, the Wham rap. Yeah, but come on. <laughs> like every boy group needs it's like an inaugural song. We have to talk about how awesome we are. And also, this kind of has that whole like my mom will listen. Let me listen to Boys and Men because they're black kind of feel. Like it's 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 black music, but being brought to you in Is this it? really cute little white package. Which was palatable, and people like don't say that, but it's true. Back in the nineties, things were an all peachy king. So it's like I know you know my friend. So you know it's one of those things where it's like it's more palatable. You're getting introduced to these hip hop R and B rhythms. You're getting introduced to something that sounds like Motown Philly by way of Snowtown. No offense to them, Mm -hmm. love them, but they're still white guys. (laughs) Yes, you know. I mean, when I hear the whole NSYNC has got the flow, I think NCT. I can hear NCT Dream, any of the NCT groups oh. singing this song. Like, this is what I wanted 90s love to sound like. We talked about this. Why did we they did. not go Swedish, mm-hmm. you know, Max Martin camp with this? You know, I mean, 90s love is fine the way it is now, but I would have loved the NSYNC version of 90s music. It is interesting to hear this first edition of the album, right? Yeah. Because, yeah, it really wasn't cohesive. You could hear kind of the more R&B-ish stuff, and then, yeah, the Europop stuff is hilarious. The worst one to me really? is Riddle. Oh. Like, that has aged terribly. And it's so over-the-top Euro dance. And not mm-hmm. in the best way. But it's not the worst debut album. Yes. yes. Like, it, of course, has some duds. And I think they ended up making the right choices for the later release. They took off the right tracks for the later release. But, you know, they were doing what they could. I assume their budget wasn't very high. Like, they were only signed in Germany. Oh, you yeah. know, their resources yeah. weren't huge. Yeah. So it is what it is. Um, it's fun to listen to some of the stuff that was on it, though. And they even released yeah. some of them as singles, which, yeah. you know, a lot of American fans, I don't know, if you were a more casual fan, you probably don't even know some of these songs. Right. Oh, yeah. You know what? I wonder what a European fan has to say about, like, their... If you're a European fan and you're listening or watching, please leave us a comment and like let us know like what songs were your favorite on this album because like I'm really curious. We're like R and B, pop, maybe more rock in- interested, yes. but like those things. But in Euro, I was like, you know, like which is fine, but it's just not for any singular. Like some of these should have been on like Steps' first album, dude. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. So I'm just like, does it make sense? I appreciate it because what we like, but it's just. Yeah. Oh, man. So through the rest of 1997, the group promoted across Europe, and they released two more singles from the album, For the Girl Who Has Everything and Together Again.
man can i just say for the girl such a beautiful song yeah. oh my god like if i was a teen wait hang on if i was i was at one point but if i were a teen girl at the time <laughs> and even as a 20 something year old now like it hits you right in the romantic spot like like you said there's something about these boy groups harmonizing singing about how much they love you and like what more <laughs> can i give you i'm just a man like there's something about that system. <laughs> yes <laughs> you know because you don't really hear that now and like as i've gotten older and now with social media like all the jokes about i'm still single forever alone i can only imagine what it was like growing up listening to these kind of songs like this is why people like a lot of like young people have like this this idea about love especially millennials because we had songs like this why can't i have a for a girl that has everything why can't i have a um you know i want to run to you by whitney or something like but why don't we have that um it was just honestly oh, i love it so much the u.s totally missed out on having for the girl who has everything as a single because i agree with you it is such a good song and definitely one of the highlights from the album and yeah. As you know, we've been doing our research and I've listened to everything available on yeah, all the right. streaming services because it's very confusing because we have all three yeah. versions of the album on streaming, right? Yeah. Plus other compilations and stuff. So there actually are three different versions of For the Girl Who Has Everything available Wild. on streaming services. There probably are even more than that. But <laughs> if you love harmonies like I do, yes! the radio mix is the one because that one has the harmonized ad-libs that JC and Justin do. Uh, and yeah. that's the only version that has that. So just FYI, delete the one from the US album and take take the one from the Essential compilation. But yes. I'm crying. <laughs> the video is amazing because it's the most stereotypical boy group video too. You know, it's them just like on vacation on a beach, but then there are random shots of a girl Looking oh god, yes, yes. <laughs> my god. Like, so I'm okay. sorry. I sound so genius. Yeah. Let me go, Greg. <laughs> oh man. And then Together Again. What did you think of Together Again? So that was not on the US version of the album. And wow, it is not good. I agree with the face you just made. Like, how did they go from something as cool as for the girl? to this extreme cheesiness and the melody is uh, so like blah like dude the long extended notes and it just doesn't go dude. anywhere and For it's like nails. extreme like echo and reverb on it so they're yes. like singing in a church somewhere and then <laughs> the one good thing about it well the two good things about it joey and chris yeah. get versus so yeah. that's nice like welcome welcome and to the, the video part. again they're actually wearing bashy boys-esque outfits in this video because they have those long black leather the jacket, kind of the matrix. jacket things yeah matrix jackets and then those giant collared oh god yes yes <laughs> yes <laughs> just hanging over like yeah. yeah yeah no this song is like dude this, this is another song for the snails um this is what <laughs> boys this is. is what a snails if you don't know where that's from it's from my uh from our uh forever review yes. of the spice girls when songs are super slow, they're for the snails, okay? Somebody's wet. Somebody's getting married. It's the snails. The slugs, even. Um, yeah, dude, I don't know. I think this is one of those, like, pop boy groups trying to make R&B as opposed to giving an R&B song but making it kind of pop. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, if you listen at two, you know, 0 0.5, 0 0.25 speed, it actually is not that bad. So that's my recommendation for y'all. Oh, smart. <laughs> Yeah, so I just fast, fast forward. I'm like, there's no way I'm going through. Get the hell out of here. I don't know. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
I am so sorry for those who wrote the song. I'm pretty sure you're really good songwriters, but that was not your best moment. So after seeing a promotional performance of Together Again in Budapest, an A&R rep from RCA Records, an American record label, offered them a global record deal. So plans were quickly put into place, and I Want You Back was officially released in the U.S. and the U.K. in January 1998 with a brand new music video, as yeah. we had mentioned. <laughs> and to adjust to the American market, five songs were cut from the German version of the album and replaced with four new ones that leaned more towards R&B. And this yeah. new version of the album was released in the U.S. in March 1998. I think I think having them dress in the jerseys was a good idea. Like I said, it's giving, it's giving like, hey, here is a. You know, white packets giving you hip hop so you don't have to worry about like your mom saying turn that off and get that music out of here um they look super cute i love chris with his braces eh, ah, that man was going through a phase <laughs> and then i remember joey during an interview had mentioned that he had to wear his hat to the video because they were like guys make a personality make your own kind of style blah 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 blah, blah. and he's like I'm, I'm getting my stuff pierced they were like bro that's not what we meant so they made him wear a hat the whole time so like you might see it here and there, but the whole time he's wearing this hat, it's like covering his eyebrows. So all you see is like, I want you back. He's looking at the camera like he's just. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I think they all look like, again, 90s heartthrobs. It definitely <laughs> leaned into kind of the whole high school jock fantasy, yes. right? Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, so much better than the first video with the awful space station. Like they genuinely did look very cool for their age. The yeah. street scene was also really well lit and like yes. it, it was a nice setting. I mean, they kind of did steal the whole basketball idea, I think, from the Here We Go video, right? Because like they were that whole video is basically them playing basketball as well. But yeah. you know, Americans and the British did not know about that one, so it's okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Regarding the album, the <laughs> new version of the album, oh man, the new songs are so good. <laughs> like all Thank four of those God. new songs are so good. Um, <laughs> and they've still remained some of my favorites from the whole catalog and we're going to talk about some of them because you know they were singles but i just want to be with you is amazing definitely Solid. one of my favorites uh um, but yeah definitely smart they're all a bit more mature a bit cooler uh -huh. they weirdly kept i think there's one super euro dance song still on the album is it <laughs> um i need love that one's still very euro so that one you know, just doesn't really fit. You know, maybe they just needed a certain number of tracks, so they just did what they could and chose the best of the rest. Following the album's U.S. release, NSYNC released Tearing Up My Heart in the U.K. and the U.S., achieving success in both countries. An additional track, You Drive Me Crazy, was also recorded and added to the album for the U.K. market for its release in July 1998. The song was also released in Germany and other parts of Europe as a single. <laughs> singles achieved success in both countries, the album sales were not very impressive. And the album debuted in the Billboard 200 at number 82 and failed to rise any much higher. 
which sucks, you know? But at the time, Backstreet Boys were the king of boy bands, so a breakthrough was a little bit more difficult for NSYNC, but this only made the group work even harder, and eventually a life-changing opportunity would present itself. First off, before we even get to what that life-changing opportunity was, <laughs> I love You Drive Me Crazy. Like, it's really, really fun, and the video is amazing and includes some Spice Girls drag, so... <laughs> Side this, note, like this song and video deserved more attention. There's also a random uncredited rap by a German rapper called Smooth T. So, fun fact. Anyway, in July 1998, <laughs> the Disney Channel was organizing a concert special with the Backstreet Boys. But as revealed by Johnny Wright in his interview with Lance on his podcast earlier this year in 2023, <laughs> the Backstreet Boys had actually felt that they had outgrown Disney and that this would actually hurt their brand and reputation because they were starting to get, you know, on the cover of Rolling Stone. Yeah. They were trying to get more reputable right. opportunities, and this felt a bit like a step back. So, of course, they blamed it on scheduling conflicts, and then I think Brian the was about surgery. to go into surgery. Yeah. yeah, so they blamed it on things, but the real reason was they were like, Disney, no. <laughs> we're grown. Like, we're yes. grown men. But in sync. They were saying yes to everything, and they jumped at the opportunity when given the performance slot, and the concert special brought a ton of attention to the group, with the album skyrocketing up the charts and eventually hitting number two in the Billboard 200 and being certified 10 times platinum. That means that means it's diamond, baby, diamond. Yep. And finally, wow. they're popular. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And it's crazy to think about how this one television special just changed it. I'm not even sure if things like that happen nowadays where it's like, I don't think so. One, it's yeah. easy, right? If there's too money, there's too much going on in the world for there to Boy. be kind of one central thing that can make or break something. Like, I think the last kind of more similar opportunity yeah. would maybe be back when like American Idol was still huge right like ah, back when like season yes. three season four like at its peak if you got a performance slot on american idol you're almost guaranteed a hit or at least a, right. a much no. bigger chance at a hit absolutely but right after yeah. that it kind of there's nothing else like this anymore yeah no it's a shame I mean, you, you need like you need like you know the clock app to kind of do that and us bananas <laughs> um their disney performance is them not taking themselves super seriously like oh my god they were so captivating Oh my goodness. If I were someone watching this and I was like, oh, I wanted the Backstreet Boys to come, I would I would have swung over to this side too because just watching them singing and dancing, like I think maybe about 10 minutes in, you got them saying, let's go to a party. And Joey's going, ah. And Justin's sitting there wagging his tongue out. Like there's something about them was just like guys who just have me really cute, happen to be really talented on stage just having a good time like no one was there but because people were there they were super engaging like man i i personally have not seen something like that in like a really long time and like it's unfortunate even like because each one of them brought something like lance he wasn't one that's going to like step out to bring attention to himself because he wasn't like a ham like joey he wasn't super energetic like jc was and chris would pop out here and there but 
he would still be super engaged. Like I would always notice him going off to the side and like, you know, singing to the girlies and or making eye contact and it felt special. Especially mm-hmm. back in the nineties. Like there is they were not using the big old screens and the in the special speaker like we have now. So it's like whatever you what kind of moment you can make, they made them. And um again, if I had to sit there at home or in the crowd and see a bunch of boys older than me or my age singing about how much they love me, how much fun they want to have and how cool they are. I would have been like, yeah, I agree. I agree. So kudos to them for getting that Disney special. And that's the right demographic. A lot of people play the teenage girl demographic, but a lot of things in pop culture would not be a thing if females in general or people who are leaning more toward female geared things, whatever way have you, if that gym demographic was not like popping, even for the Beatles, Oh, the yeah. would not be what they would, the girls were not screaming and fainting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is one of those things where it's like these girls made these men. Yeah. Which is bananas. So kudos yeah. to them, but kudos to the girls too back in the day. It's insane what it did. And watching it back now, Ugh. it is such an impressive show. They killed it. Word. Word. Absolutely. Like <laughs> I I cannot believe how good they sounded the entire time. Dude. They were going full the F out the entire <laughs> time. Every single song, except yeah. for the ballad, had insane yeah. choreography. Actually, to be fair, even the ballads had some choreography, like those yeah. giant <laughs> snaps for God must have spent um, are hilarious. <laughs> but their showmanship mm-hmm. is just crazy. And it all uh, felt so effortless as yeah. well. Yeah. And, and the charisma was just intense. Like uh-huh. they did such an amazing job. And mm-hmm. even those little clips in between the songs of them like taking that virtual oh, yeah. roller coaster ride and even yeah. just like telling stories about each other and stuff, they were very endearing and they seemed yeah. humble. And they just did, the whole thing was just such a smart mm-hmm. like project. A profile within the performance, within the, mm-hmm. I guess, within a big vehicle yeah. like Disney. Like, what? Yeah. Like, come on. And, and I have to say, I'm amazed we've lasted this long without shouting out JC's performance abilities i mean you've got to mention it a little bit but like i think we can rave a little bit now because jc yo every single pop star in the world needs to take lessons from him like i don't i know he's working on other things right now but eventually if he wants to become a performance coach and make a giant global company and, and spread his skills around like he needs to because yeah he may be one of the best pop stars in terms of performance ability ever absolutely absolutely <laughs> like you know i think that's what that's what kind of like got me on to like oh hello mister uh-huh. because he's so energetic he's so consistent like and, he, and he's smart too like if he knows oh I, I might not be able to hit this note he changes the note and it's always so tasteful or if he goes for it he goes for it but it's like you know he went for it he tried i don't care if it was a crack he went for it you know but even like in their earlier days this man was sitting there running sprinting (laughs) sprinting and jumping and sounding amazing (laughs) it was impressive and there's no way i i can imagine someone watching this and be like f them i mean you might as a hater but it's only because they're so good like (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like you're jealous you're just jealous absolutely absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) well with this sudden global success the boys were now seen as direct rivals with the backstreet boys and the group's profile rose significantly as opportunities began rolling in, including supporting Janet Jackson on tour and huge TV appearances. 
and in November 1998, the group recorded their Christmas album, Home for Christmas, in only six weeks. And at that time, NSYNC was also releasing a winter album, the winter album, in Germany. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And NSYNC released their ballad, God Must Have Spent a Little More Time on You, in the U.S. and Australia in February 1999, which became their first top 10 on the Hot 100. Okay, so they also released Thinking of You, I Drive Myself Crazy, in Germany, parts of Europe, and the U.S. shortly after. And interestingly, Chris sang the first verse of the U.S. version, but JC sang the first verse of the European version. Territories, love it. At the end of 1999, the group also released Music of My Heart with Gloria Estefan, which hit number two on the Billboard Hot 100. Well, starting with the Christmas album, we won't talk too much about it because Shan hates Christmas music. But I will say, I will say their Christmas album is effing amazing. I still listen to it every Christmas. And Joey does get a lot to sing, actually, on the Christmas album. So maybe that will convince you. um, Okay. The single... Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. I know that one. I know that is one. It's <laughs> one of my favorite Christmas pop songs ever. I know that one. So, yes. yes. I know, oh, hang on. Oh, Holy Night, shout out to Lance. Oh. Held it down. So, you know, I like the Temptations, like Silent Night. The Temptations Christmas album, I like. Because of Lance, their album, to me, started sounding like Motown. Snowtown mm. started sounding like Motown. So, I'll give them that. I'll give them that. <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, sorry, guys. I'm not a Christmas music fan. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. All right. So what did you think of Gone Must Have Spent a Little More Time on You? Justin adores. Love him. You know, when he does a ballad, he gets out of his nose, which is really nice because he has a very smooth voice. And I appreciate it. But yeah, move out of the way. Boom. JC. Man. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Joshua. Scott Chazé. I love you. You have no clue. Uh, we will one day. Um, But yes, anyway. This man's voice, I didn't get a chance to really say it earlier. We want to talk about it a little bit more. We talk about conscious and stuff like that. But his musicality is so good. His choices are so good. Um, hearing it live, hearing it on the recording, like he doesn't stray away from it too much. And it's always like so emotive. <laughs> I'm like, am I going to make you feel like this? The way JC made me feel like when he's singing this song, I don't want him. I don't want him. Um, songs like this are just so sweet. I feel like, again, like Wedding, this is really sweet. Like, it's interesting to kind of hear like the gospel mixed with the pop because back in the day, that was like a normal thing. So for mm-hmm. them to sit down and be able to actually deliver vocals, 
to kind of be like, hey, we're not just like Backstreet Boy, you know, Parasite rejects. We can actually sing as well. We we can hold a candle to this group. So I really appreciate this song. It's sweet. And I, mm-hmm. it's yeah, I like this song a lot more now than I did at the time, actually, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's just because I was young and energetic and I wasn't as big a fan of ballads in general. But mm-hmm. in the 90s, actually, in most of the world, ballads were actually supreme like, for, yeah yes, yes. yeah ballads were like the one like that's what would turn you into a star was if you had like a hit ballad and especially in asia as well like that's still what becomes a hit in asia is often these big ballads um but yeah it's interesting because the backstreet boys i think by this point were kind of more known for their ballads too right because you had kind of like even the more mid-tempo stuff like you know quit playing games and, and that type of thing so it made sense for the next step for NSYNC internationally to mm-hmm. do the ballad thing because mm-hmm. it does expose you to another audience, a more adult audience. And going the kind of Christian gospel route was also very smart as well. Yeah. Because there's also that um, there's that country version that Alabama did that features oh. NSYNC as well. Yes. Um, so yeah, just smart decisions, smart business decisions. And, and they did have a good song behind it as well. Um, and then thinking of you I drive myself crazy <laughs> I feel so bad for Chris like imagine that conversation it's like <laughs> we know you sang the first verse on this song <laughs> but yeah. for these territories like we're gonna we're gonna have JC re-record this and in yeah. the music video like JC is gonna sing it yeah. you know it's like that's yeah really because Chris yeah. sounds great it like totally is in his range he, he doesn't maybe emote as much as JC mm. and Justin do. Like, his voice isn't naturally as, like, R&B-ish and soulful as yeah. those two. But I think that's kind of what made it work because he kind of starts off the song and it's all kind of just, like, a bit melancholy and a bit kind of sad. And yeah. then you kind of get a bit more soulful because then JC gets the amazing bridge. So bridge. he already had the bridge. So, like, he already had his moment to shine. So it's really annoying that Chris didn't have that as well. Um, but I really do yeah. like the song a lot. And the video is fun with them, like, being in the asylum and everything. <laughs> yeah, you know, the way this film's like the fisheye lens, I'm like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> so, yeah, that's the super nice, super nice. And I think Music of the Heart was really pretty, too. It sounded like um, Brian McKnight at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of their songs, their ballads, uh, for the girl who has everything, sounds like Tyrese uh, to me. This mm-hmm. sounds like Brian McKnight, the Music of the Heart. Um, but, yeah, you know, like, I'm happy that they did ballads like this, but you're right. The Chris situation kind of is just tough. I mean, they did it to Howie with Backstreet Boys. Like, like you went from like being the lead, and then suddenly it's like, oh, Brian's going to do it. And then Brian was like, oh, suddenly AJ's going to do it. And just like, <laughs> where you like, so you just suddenly you just don't, you know, uh, it gets it's it's rough. But again, back to what we were saying about them as a whole, just going like into whatever gear they can go into, taking all the jobs, doing the jobs well, mm-hmm. being super consistent. It's really impressive, and you would think like, bam. We done hit the jackpot. We're rich and famous, but, you know, huh? we kind of go get back to the business side. We're talking about the music, but behind the scenes, things are getting kind of sticky. So though the group was insanely successful across the world, hitting global charts and selling out arenas, the group was not earning the money that they should have been. Time for a recess break. Join us for part two, where we discuss the dramatic Lou Pearlman lawsuit and the no-strings-attached era. 